Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. This is how we roll into the weekend. Larry Smith with my homies, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. Patrick Quinn is, uh, is like, our, like our DJ, I guess. Patrick, can, can you rap? Are you a rapper? No, but I used to be a DJ on the radio. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's where that comes in. That's I, I knew there's something DJ-ish about you. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Patrick's still with us. Uh, Patrick, D- DJ Patty Pat. DJ Patty Pat. <laughs> That would be a first. We got Kedrick Prince with the ten gallon hat, and then DJ DJ Patty Pat. Patty Pat. Oh, this is great! Become a that's right. He's gonna walk down the street and they go, "Hey, hey, you're DJ Patty Pat, aren't you?" Go, oh, his kids gonna go. What they call yeah. me? Yeah. All right. Uh, Patrick handles audio for us each week, as you know. Hey, thankful to be here. Bless you're with us. We got Illinois after a long week off taking on. Rutgers, and this should be a great battle between a couple of defensive-minded teams. Saturday afternoon at State Farm Center. Lots to come on that, including a chat with a Rutgers insider. We'll talk with him and get the Scarlet Knights view of this game. Uh, if you're looking for some pregame skinny, you've gum, come to the right place, and we've got that for you. have got some gum as well. Uh, that's coming up later this hour. I can't talk. Story of the week, LeBron James becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer Tuesday night. What a storied career for the kid out of Akron, Ohio. Yeah, it was really impressive. I mean, you know, he's a kid who comes out of, uh, you know, Akron, goes straight to the NBA, and he's had a just a career that I, I think that there have been people who've been um, greater a, in individual seasons or for maybe a shorter career. But his longevity is unbelievable. I mean, there's nobody who has done it well that well for that long like LeBron has and he has his detractors. There's no question, but if he's not in your top three players of all time, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. What I really love about him is he understands that his physical body is part of his brand. And, you know, he pays for a nutritionist. He pays for somebody to cook him the food that the nutritionist says he should eat. He has a masseuse to make sure that he's, you know, working out all the kinks. He's got a personal trainer to make sure that he works out. I mean, I I think it's amazing how he has maybe, you know, figured out that that is so critical to his long-term success. Mike, I just want you to know, I, I actually, so this is a crazy story. 2010 LeBron's in Akron and he, and he, I saw him, he gets a massage like to warm up too, before he even plays. But so LeBron James ate my popcorn in 2010. This is a oh, true man. story. So a ball, he's playing a game and they're playing a um, scrimmage game, pickup game against college guys with he and his guys. And the ball gets out of bounds and it turns out I'm sitting next to what at the time was his baby mama. I saw Bronny. Bronny was like one year old and he's already shooting 15 footers. It was insane. But anyway, so LeBron is comes over. He get, ball comes out of bounds. He comes. I had a thing. I was just sitting there with a popcorn Literally, he comes to just take some popcorn and eats it and goes, how's it going? And then he goes out and plays basketball. So there's my <laughs> LeBron James ate my popcorn. And that popcorn still is that sitting is in the why. bag in, in the sturdy basement. No one touches the LeBron It was worth popcorn. at least 30,000 points. There you go. <laughs> it would have been at 8,000 without that popcorn. That was the key to his success. 
Well, you guys know that um, you know, we're selling the house in Atlanta, right? Anybody want to buy a home in Atlanta, complete with golf cart, everything? Uh, info at AtlantaGuys.com. Reach out and we can strike a deal. Um, but as I'm cleaning out the attic, I found, and I'm not kidding you, I had a bunch of old magazines I saved my son in case he would want to see stuff from back in the day. Uh-oh. In this box, it's the Sports Illustrated with LeBron in high school on the cover and asked the chosen one the question in mint condition. Nice. Perfect. I don't want it, so I am going to be selling it on eBay later on this spring. Again, if you're interested, we'll make an offer. Info at AtlantaGuys.com. I'm not cheap, but I can be had. Um, I, I'm look, I'm, I'm, I'm not a LeBron fan. I, Brad, like you said, great respect, tremendous respect, uh, for LeBron James, what he's done. I agree with you even more than anything he's done, you know, in terms of points or titles, whatever you're right. His body. I didn't think LeBron would get here because everyone's body breaks down at some point. I mean, Colby, we thought was on the way his body breaks down and he finally had to retire. He just, it was too much, but LeBron to your point, not just keep in mind, not just a regular season, you know, 20 seasons now, but in the playoffs every year and all the deep runs in the playoffs, which are expanded from what they were 20, 30 years ago. I mean, it, there's no more best of three opening round like when Jordan came into the league, right? I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going the distance. And then all the, the summer stuff, USA basketball and the Olympics, you know, for, I mean, you know, a lot of minutes, tons of minutes. And yet he's still out there playing, you know, 35 minutes a game at his age. I think it's, it's, it's impressive. It's fantastic. Yeah, he's he, there's nothing there's not much more you can say. He's, this, he's the king of longevity in the NBA, the all-time leading scorer. And some people think he's the best ever. I'm still a Jordan guy, but I, I can see LeBron being I think if you don't have him in the top three, yeah. uh, you're doing something wrong. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it, it's interesting. You know, uh, there's always going to be a, a dividing line of, of, you know, between generations. The guy I think who really lost it was uh, Kareem who a lot of people now overlook, but when you go back in retrospective and look at his career, his longevity, especially as a big man, um, another great player. And he was there looking thoroughly excited to uh, <laughs> hand off the, hand off the uh, award to, Le- you know, the honors to LeBron. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Kareem. Uh, yeah. It looked like if someone could have said, uh, listen, uh, Mr. Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. We we've, yeah. We're, are you okay? You want some you want something more to eat? No, no. You want to work? <laughs> great. Come this way. We'll have a we got a room set up back here with a great one of LA's top dentists right back here. He'll give me a root canal. And he would leave and go. He looked very uh like he'd, he'd rather be somewhere else. You know, yeah. um, another conversation we can have when we have more time, but you guys know my career, a lot of time with the NBA. And um, LeBron is not overly he's I'm just gonna say it, he he's he's not adored by a lot of NBA uh coaches and GMs and, and ex players, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I think there is more respect for Jordan, for magic, uh, for bird. Um, LeBron doesn't get that. And that's probably another longer conversation, but, um, but I, again, with, I was there LeBron's first ever game, July of, of 2003 in Orlando, his first ever summer league game. And right then you could see there was something very special. And of course I was there for his first NBA finals as well. And, um, so LeBron never, we never saw this coming. No way. There's no way at all. We could have known that this was, uh, this was here. Hey, um, I want to get your thoughts. So before we move on, um, to, to basketball, uh, Super Bowl weekend, Chiefs, Eagles and Phoenix Sunday night. How do you guys watch the big game? Do you do a big party solo? How, what do you guys do? Historically, we've had a, I, I've been a Super Bowl party guy. 
um, at my house. I used to have people over all the time and, and um, I've just gotten away from it now. I just kind of, now it's throw my big screen up and I just kind of chill. I make the food that I want to eat and have a good time. Yeah, that's pretty much the way I've done it the last few years since moving down to Dallas. Used to be uh, used to be a massive vat of chili and a ton of friends over, and now we just make a okay. We make a massive vat of chili, and it's just, <laughs> it's just like more, more for Mike, <laughs> just more, more for, for me Mike and the kids. <laughs> <laughs> kids, that's your bowl over there. This they is just not. don't share. No. <laughs> Guys, you know, I was, I was, I would always work either. I was covering the Super Bowl there or was in studio, so I literally never. Uh, I let's see uh, how many years I 2010 is the first time I ever tried to watch a Super Bowl at a party and I was miserable. My wife and I got in an argument. I mean, it just was, it was just bad. And I finally said, listen, stop taking me to these parties because the women are all talking. They don't care about the game, but the guys are always asking me questions about what it's like to cover a Super Bowl, which is okay for the first five minutes, but the entire game, I can't, I just want to watch the game. and then. You get past halftime, which is what the women cared about. I'm like, okay, let's go. You put the kids to bed. I'm like, but the, it's just kicking. What do we? I could. So I just said from now on, you guys, it's the one night I don't go with you guys. I just want to sit here in my basement, my man cave, and watch the game. And that's what we've done ever since. So, uh, moral of the story don't invite me to your house on <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Larry is not a good guest. I'm not. I'm not a good guest at all. So, oh my goodness. All right. Well, that's the way to kick off a show, right? Don't invite me. Stay with us. We pause for the cause. But when we come back, it's the Illini hosting Rutgers trying to stay in the upper crust of the Big Ten. A well-rested Illinois, hoping they're not well-rusted. We'll talk about that next on the Sports Spectacular. Don't invite him, but please listen. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way creating a legacy for you and your family. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. This is Jack Trudeau, the all-time leading passer for the Illinois Fighting Illini, here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. This segment presented by Busey Bank, proud sponsor of the Fighting Illini. It's a 1 p.m. tip-off on FS1, Illinois versus Rutgers, the only team to beat front-running Purdue at their place. And this Rutgers team had been in the top five in the Big Ten standings really just about all season. Illinois has lost three of the last five meetings against the Scarlet Knights, but here comes the jinx. They've never lost to Rutgers in Champaign, 6-0 all time. There you go. Uh, Scarlet Knights, we'll talk more about them in just a moment. But first, though, let's discuss before we get, a, get too far along the game that didn't happen Tuesday night, Minnesota postponing due to COVID. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think the weird part about uh, Minnesota is that this situation is they don't have any players to begin with. Uh, they played Indiana a few weeks ago with seven scholarship guys. So this is a team that was already really thin. So all it takes is a couple guys to go down. So even though they say it's COVID, it's it's more like just not having enough scholarship guys available due to injuries and illness to play this game. And I, and I think that's kind of, you know, the, the situation. So they find out and it's rough for Illinois because now they get a condensed schedule and they're going to play them on February 20th, I believe um, in Champaign. 
and they got a you know quick turnaround Saturday Monday for that weekend. But yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those things where Illinois you know, they, they're going to Brad Underwood always says you know we're just going to play through it, and they did that back in the COVID year of 2020, 2021. And so now they just have to kind of, you know, suck it up and do it again. Yeah. I just didn't like the fact that the schedule had laid out so beautifully for Illinois, two games a week, Tuesday, you know, Saturday, very, very often um, was great layout. And then you had to to slide an additional game in there. It's unfortunate, but um, I'm sure that if that's the worst thing that happens to the Illini all season, it's a pretty good season. Yeah, they get the extra rest, I guess, that's in the right now. But you're right, they're going to pay the price later. Um, but it's also, it now means seven days that you've had the bad taste of the Iowa loss in your mouth. And um, Illinois, just a two-point loss. But boy, so many so many ways, again, that, that they could have won this game. It's, uh, it's got to be tough to sit on that for a week. Oh. Yeah, that was not, that, it was a tough loss, you know, and and you, you know, it's it, it it was, you know, they felt like they didn't get a, a great whistle at the time, you know, but they also felt like they left a lot of things out on the court that they could have taken care of it themselves. Um, the end of the first half, for example, a few passes, plays and things like that. So they were a little bit discouraged with their own because they thought their own mistakes were the difference in the game, even though maybe they could have got some calls here or there, but they had opportunities even with those calls to win that game with a few better, you know, in their mental decisions too. That's the worst kind to lose with. Yeah. I broke down the last 58 seconds of the first half um, in the, on IlliniGuys.com in one of my heat check and hail Mary articles. And it was frustrating. What I thought the referees did is they just made it a totally unwatchable game from a standpoint of shooting 44 free throws in a half as a viewer it was just not good television. And I think um, that as a Big Ten, I would be looking at how do I make my games a little more continuous and less choppy and looking at 44 free throws would be the first thing that I tried to figure out how to avoid. Yeah, a lot of free throws in that game, a lot of fouls in that game all the way through. Now, I heard somewhere, maybe you guys told me, but correct me if I'm wrong here, Tony Perkins, 3.5 points per game, right? 16 free throws in that game. Didn't you guys say that Kofi Coburn never shot 16 free throws in a game with all the hacks that he took over three years? It's correct. Perkins Perkins averaged, he had 71 free throw attempts on the season and uh, had 16 in the second half against Illinois. 71 yeah, free and- throw attempts for the entire season at 16 in the second half. Kofi never shot 16 in a game, much less a half. Yeah, and and to be honest, those of us who are NBA fans, that's very frustrating because, you know, players like Luca Garza, players like Egan Murray, Io DeSumo, Kofi, they earn some of those calls, Zach Eady, by their play over time. And yet you get somebody who just one game gets 16 free throws. It's just it's just not generally how you referee a game from a consistency standpoint, but it's the Big Ten, and you know it, it's what happens in the Big Ten. The Big Ten, yeah. Which the, the Big Ten, which last year told Brad Underwood against Northwestern, well, we you know we can't call every we can't call every foul. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Brad Sturdy yep. shared that with us. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's look ahead to the Scarlet Knights now. And um, this is a Rutgers team that uh, had the tough loss at Indiana the other night. Um, but again, one of these teams that 
you know, I know they've got some injuries and we'll talk with their, their Rutgers insider here in the next half hour about how that affects the team. Um, but this is a team that you can no longer overlook right now. They have played Illinois extremely tough um, in the past three or four years. They are. They're, they're, they're very good defensively. They really do a nice, uh, nice, um, nice job guarding. They are always in position. And then when they get a guy who goes kind of goes off, whether it's like uh, a Mulcahy or O'Connell or somebody like that, they they tend whoever it is, maybe it's Cliff Omiori or whatever. Th- then they're really hard to beat. Um, but they they rely on the defense. They want to grind the game. They want it to be a you know want to pressure a little bit and try and create offense from their defense because they know they're not the best offensive team. And, and they are, but they're very good at it. They're they're in top three of, in defensive efficiency in the country. So they're going to be difficult, and I know maybe they're not where they were because they do have the injury, but they did a nice job against Indiana. Now, Illinois is a team that does have some, some maybe some, they, they can match up with them pretty well because they use their length a lot, and Illinois is extremely long as well. So it, this is going to be a really fun matchup um, at the State Farm Center on Saturday. Yeah, Rutgers isn't an easy team to beat. And I, I look at them as a as a more consistent but less aggressive Houston in terms of their defense because they they keep pressure on you. It doesn't go to 11 the way Houston does, but they don't have downtimes, it seems like, the way they play defense. So Illinois is going to have to take care of the ball, and that's what got them into trouble against Iowa. 11-2 and at State Farm Center this uh, season, trying to go to 12-2. and Again, a 1 o'clock start on FS1. Uh, they're at home. Uh, this segment presented by Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, and a proud sponsor of Illinois Athletics, as well as IlliniGuys.com and the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We will hear from Brad Underwood ahead of the Illini's latest big game. That's next. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Illinois basketball heading into the weekend as a projected six seed or high seven seed on most of the experts' brackets as we are now officially four weeks away from Selection Sunday. 
My how time flies, right? Brad Underwood has been critical, as have some other Big Ten coaches, of the compressed schedule this season. But no complaints this week, as we mentioned, a full seven days off since the loss at Iowa. Though, again, like Mike just talked about, they will pay for that break later this month as they now embark on a six-games-and-16-day stretch starting with the Rutgers game this weekend. Coach Underwood talking about his team earlier this week. The lack of discipline you talked about, you said you felt you guys worked through that. So I guess what's it going to take? Is it experience? Is anything you can oh, a lot of film. A lot of film. I mean, Perkins toyed with us. I mean, and it was just, you know, it wasn't just those fouls, but it was out of position fouls. And, uh, you know, you can live with the fouls when you're aggressive. And, and, but uh, in the first half, we stay out of the bonus. And I, you know, what flipped the switch, I don't know. But um, uh, it wasn't anything they did because it was just a simple ball screen and, and let him go. It's just a, a complete uh, uh, complete mental breakdown on our part. James has been really consistent to do this in the on the road in the robbery game. What does that say about him, you think? He's really good. James a rock star. He carried us in, the, in spots in the, in the second half. I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to find a better freshman guard. Uh, not just in this league, but in the country. And uh, uh, no turnovers. I think you look at his last his turnovers in the last six or seven games, they're almost nil. Uh, very, very few. Uh, if you guys remember that press last year, eight up Trent. Um, this year, we just he just cooked it. Uh, wasn't, a, wasn't an issue. So uh, he's playing great, and uh, I thought Ty was great. I thought uh, a couple casual turnovers you can't have, but um, you know, obviously a tough night for, for Coleman going 0 for 7, uh, but um, we asked a lot of Coleman, and I thought he did a pretty good job on Murray for the most part. What, a, what effect did their press have on your offense? Seems like they were able to run some dead time off the shot clock. On well, that's, that's the whole purpose of it, but we had no problems offensively tonight. We got in there. We got into stuff every, almost every possession. We had a little spurt in, this, in the uh, end of the first half um, that we were, we were a little loose, but for the most part, I, I got no problems with with anything that we did, and we had a lot of success against their zone. At some point in the last week and a half, you mentioned Coleman's dealing with the wrist uh, deal. How much is that affecting him, do you think? As far as I know, none. He shoots it every day in practice, and the ball goes in. So, um, you know, doesn't have any problem with his free throws, and missed a couple late. But, um, you know, that's, to my, to my knowledge, it's not bothering him at all, what I've seen. No, I'm going to be fair to him. He's been in two practices for, you know, one about two hours and the other about an hour and a half and or, or two hours, both of them, I guess. And one of them, he was gasping for oxygen and, and trying to find his lungs. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see as, as that happens in practice. We're back in practice tomorrow uh, so we can see what that looks like. And uh, moving forward, we'll need him. And uh, you know, it wasn't uh, you know wasn't maybe the right the right day to throw him out there in this environment and your first game back. You know, one of the things that Brad Underwood is really good at is getting his teams to play much better after a break. We've seen it year after year. Brad, does this seven day break does that maybe allow Coach Underwood to throw some more tricks into the bag? Yeah, I think that the they'll get fresh. They'll be they should be fresh. They, their legs should be good. They should be ready to go. I think they'll be have more time to prepare. Um, also, it you know from a from a program standpoint, they got to they got they're able to get out and recruit. 
um, last week, and they got out to see multiple guys around the country. Really, uh, really an advantageous situation in that regard. So, yeah, I, I think that it will help them. I think that they'll be ready for Rutgers, and I think they'll be ready for this stretch because he's also good at playing that card when their backs are against the wall at the end of the season. It's time, you know, we're the, you know, we got to play all these games. The Big Ten made us do it. So he used that a couple of years ago. That's true. And of course, the big question, Luke Goody. Uh, it's an extra week for him to get ready. And, and when you think about it, it's an extra game for him to play, even though it's going to be a tough stretch uh, that he will see action in. That depth is going to be important. I mean, having another guy who can come in there, even if he only plays five, 10 minutes, that can really help keep those guys fresh in this, this stretch. Especially if he hits some outside shots. Yeah. That'd make everybody fresh then. <laughs> exactly. Freshy fresh. Uh, he's the fresh prince. Uh, Luke Goody. Uh, will we see him against Rutgers, do you believe? I do. Okay. I think he will play. Nice. Very good. All right. We get a preview from the Rutgers side in just a bit. And Matt Stevens will join us with a football update. We haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. Let's find out what Brett Bielema has been up to. That's just ahead. We're back with more after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, it's one of our favorite segments. You know, that time when we need answers to life's most burning questions. So we walk into the den and ask our Brad. Illini Guys insider and analyst Brad Sturdy has the goods. Uh, Patrick, start us off. What do you got? First one is, is Chase Brown a first rounder or a second rounder? Chase Brown, I don't think will go until probably I, I'm guessing fourth, fifth, somewhere in that range um, for him. But I do think he's going to have a career in the NFL. I think he's going to have a chance to uh, earn a spot. And I think he could eventually become a starter in the NFL. I think he's got that kind of uh, ability. Um, but I don't think running backs just don't go as high as they used to. And I, I just think he'll slide a little bit just be, because that's what happens. I mean, he's not one of the top you know, two or three. So he'll slide down a little bit, but I could see him. He might sneak into the third round if he has a great workout for somebody or somebody likes him. But I think probably fourth, fifth is a better option. He'll look great in the Cowboys star. How excited should we be that Thad Ward is back for his second stint as an Illini assistant football coach? Well, I, I think um, I think Thad's a good addition. I, I am disappointed that he got rid of Liddyville a little bit. You know, it's now it's just family, you know. So, you know, we, we could be – I thought we could be more diverse. We could have Liddyville and family. But, no, I, I think Thad Ward's a good hire, a good recruiter. He's a guy who knows, you know, knows things, um, you know, I, and knows, knows people, has good connections. And I think he'll do a good job coaching, and, and he's exactly what they need, knows the landscape here at Illinois. Now, do you think it'll be a short stint? That's what I want to know, too. Um, I don't think so. I, I think he'll be here for a, for a couple of years. I think uh, I think he, he fits with uh, this staff and with, uh, you know, Brett Bielema, Aaron Henry, and all these guys. All right, next question on the boards. What is Illinois men's basketball chances of winning the Big Ten? Or does it matter? <laughs> well, I think their chance of winning the Big Ten is are, are very, very slim. I think the chance of anybody not named Purdue winning the Big Ten is very, very slim, like less than 1%. I'm going to go out on that limb. Um, so I, I think Purdue's going to win the Big Ten. 
I think where Illinois can make a can be is is maybe they can finish in that second or third place. I mean, they have the opportunity to do that. Obviously, um, they sit near the the top of the Big Ten standings, you know, and they want to get that double buy in the Big Ten tournament. And I think they can do that. And that's where it matters is to finish in that top four and get that double buy. It makes life a lot easier uh, for you heading into the postseason. Um, saves in our game, saves in our legs a little bit as they go in there. And, and they're a team that has a high ceiling. They can make a run in the NCAA tournament. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, what seed do you think the Illini will end up getting? Of course, we understand that every week it seems to be a jumble in the Big Ten, but what are you seeing right now? Well, I, I think it depends. I, I think there are different seeds. Like, it depends how they finish, obviously. But, I, I mean, I think they, I could see them. Right now I see them as around a six seed, roughly six, maybe a high, the first seven or a six seed. But I do think they have an opportunity to move up with some wins down the stretch here. And I do think the opportunity to slide down with some losses. So they could end up in that eight, nine, ten. It would be the worst. They'd have to kind of collapse a little bit to get to ten. But I, I could see them also – you know, if they get hot here and they have one of those Brad Underwood finishes and they win like, you know, they, they go down the stretch here and they win like, you know, what, maybe go eight and two in the next 10 games in the Big Ten tournament and stuff. Then you start looking and say, okay, now maybe they're a five, four, even depending on who they win or who they who they win against. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. Maybe they'll just win out the rest of the season in the Big Ten tournament. And maybe they could even slide up into the, you know, maybe into a, a four three. Who knows? It could all happen. But I, I'm going to stick with six. That's my prediction. So the, another question I saw on the uh, boards was the problem with DMing players. Are fans going too far with DMing players or adding them on Twitter? Yeah, they do. And, and you know, it's just a weird. You know how it is. It's um. Uh, I, I think people, they're fans, they're fanatics. And so they're going to do this where it crosses the line. And I don't even care if they say, man, they got to rebound better. Or, you know, this guy has to get rebounds or whatever. That's like a, a critique of their basketball play is one thing. And, and we all kind of have that thought. But when it gets personal, then it crosses a line. And especially we know that, and, you know, we've we've gotten some information over the past uh, couple weeks that there was even a past week or so that there was even a, like some death threats made towards people. I mean, and I think that sometimes with the gambling, people lose money and they get mad. And I don't think they're legitimately wanting to kill people with death threats, but I do think what it does is they get angry and they say things. And, and it's just, it's not necessary. It just shouldn't happen. And it's not just Illinois. I want to be clear. This is all throughout college athletics um, around the country. And everybody in, sees this. I mean, we've seen things from racist things sent to, remember Kofi Coburn, the kid from Iowa, sending racist stuff towards him. This, so this stuff happens. It's not right. And they just shouldn't happen. But again, we can't, with the way social media is today in today's day and age, it's almost impossible to police this stuff and it's going to happen and it's wrong. I'm not going to, but it is going to happen. And you really have to have a thick skin. If you're going to be in the public eye, I know because I also have had some wonderful uh, direct messages over, over the uh, years. That's your always fun. Wonderful. That's quite an adjective. It's not one that I think you use when we discuss this in private. But that's good. It's, it's a family show. Trying to be trying to be nice. We we appreciate we appreciate that. I've got one before we close it out because uh, I want to I want to ask my Brad some questions. Uh, one question asked my Brad is uh, recruiting. You know, 
it's, it's an unusual time that you know usually we're still in April sometimes with Illinois waiting for that kid to fill out this the class. Um, Underwood and his staff have done such a great job, not only with the transfer portal, but utilizing those mid-season guys who come in. Um, what can we expect here this spring and into the summer? It seems that the 2023 class is set, but in terms of 2024, kind of who are they chasing and and how has that changed with the portal and, and the way that the game has changed, the recruiting game has changed? Well, what you've seen, Illinois, they've done a fantastic job in 2023 of adding what they needed. You know, Amani Hansbury signed, Draven Gibbs the Horn um, committed, and then you throw in um, the 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 uh, Moretti, Nico Moretti, and Zachary Perrin, who are also going to play next year. So you basically have those four newcomers essentially. Even those guys are in the practice; they're really newcomers, right? Then you throw what? So they've got these guys. Now they're adding. They're, it's going to be the portal this spring. And they're going to have to add whatever. They're going to look and see who returns, what do they need, and they can just go out and find guys in the portal. And they're going to do a great job with that. In 2024, we know they have Marez Johnson committed. Look for them to also try and add players that are a, a, sh- a shooting big guy because Marez is more of a physical guy. Want a big that can really shoot it, stretch the floor, and then they want wings that can shoot the ball. I, I don't think Brad wants to see his team continue to shoot 30% from three-point range. <laughs> One quick uh, follow-up to that. Um, how is it working with the 24 kids in terms of you have to kind of hold them off for right now? Are they kind of staying involved, like kind of a little more underground, like kind of some quiet communication? And then once things are out this spring with the portal, then they'll identify some guys early in the AAU season and, and make extend those offers? Yeah, you, unless they're like a five-star kid, it's hard to get those early commitments. I know, yeah, you know, like they've gone out and seen a kid from Bloomington Central Catholic, Cole Serta. They've seen him multiple times. They're seeing six-five shooter. Um, so those are kids they're going to go out and see in the spring. And so then they kind of sell them, hey, in next spring I can go see these. I can come see you, and I really want to push in that regard. And they'll know where they stand in the portal at that time. All right, there it is. Ask your Brad, gentlemen. Great stuff. Um, Brad, our Brad now has to go to the store to get some milk for us. <laughs> ask your Brad, and there it is. By the way, if you have a question you want for ask your Brad, you want to ask him, uh, send it to us info at illiniguys.com. Hey, stay with us. It is Illinois Rutgers Saturday afternoon, one o'clock, State Farm Center. We've got the Rutgers insider and why he's concerned for the Scarlet Knights in this game. That's next on the Sports Spectacular. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. This segment presented by OSF Healthcare, Illinois hosting Rutgers, Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. on FS1. The Scarlet Knights, maybe the most underappreciated story in college basketball in recent years, especially the job that Steve Peichel is doing. Just three NCAA tournament appearances in the last 36 years prior to his arrival in Piscataway. Peichel now has Rutgers primed to reach three consecutive NCAAs for the first time ever. And COVID wiped out what would have been a fourth in 2020, a year in which they won 20 games uh, in a season for the first time since 2004. 
And one more stat for you. Rutgers has never had double-digit wins four years in a row in conference play, but will do just that with two more victories here in the regular season. Rutgers insider Brian Fonseca gave his forecast of the matchup with the Illini on the big sports radio show this week. Yeah, so Rutgers lost Mwat Mag uh, starting forward uh, for the year. He tore his ACL against uh, Michigan State at Madison Square Garden, uh, an injury that looked bad initially. People had some hope that it would be more of a hyperextension than an ACL tear, but their worst fears were confirmed with a, an MRI on Sunday. Uh, so he's out. He is a big reason for Rutgers being the second most efficient defense in the country. Uh, they have Caleb McConnell, the reigning Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He is really the cog of that defense, but they've called Mawat the anchor. And I think that's probably fair to say his versatility, his length, his athleticism, uh, his his willingness to defend really allows him to do more things defensively. They're pressing more than they ever have. They're playing a little bit more zone than usual. They can mix and match flawlessly, which kind of confuses opponents. So not having him makes a big difference on the defensive end. And he was really coming along offensively too. A lot having a really three or four really efficient games leading up to the injury. He had scored seven of their first 13 points against Michigan state. So a really big loss for Rutgers in, in losing him. Uh, they were pretty, they were surprisingly solid defensively without him against Indiana held Indiana without a field goal for eight minutes in the second half. But I do wonder how long they can hold on to that defensive efficiency without him. I think they'll still be, relatively solid, but I can't imagine they'll be able to hold that top three pace uh, without him. I, I think it's undoubtedly a pretty big loss for Rutgers, and I think time will tell, but I, it's hard to imagine that their ceiling for the season doesn't lower a little bit without him. Yeah, You mentioned their defense, obviously ranked in the top three. What do they do well that, that makes them such a good defense? They, they're willing to, first of all. They're, they play really, really, really hard, which seems simplistic, but I think it's a bit underrated. They play as hard as maybe any team in the country outside maybe Houston, maybe Tennessee. Uh, they're really long across the lineup. Uh, Paul McKay plays point guard for them. He's six foot six. Uh, Cam Spencer plays the two. He's six foot four. So they're really big. They're really long. Uh, they're aggressive. Um, they, they hedge hard. They swarm the ball which can cause an issue in the defending the perimeter. They do allow a lot of open threes that some teams have taken advantage of like Michigan state at the Breslin center. And some teams like Penn state just didn't. Right. So they take some risks there in leaving the perimeter open and, and over helping that kind of helps any team that passes the ball. Well, get open threes, but, um, and they defend decently well inside. Uh, Cliff Omori is probably the second best third. I should say the third best interior defender outside of Zach Eady and trace Jackson Davis in the league blocking a ton of shots in fact, and uh, affecting a lot of shots at the rim. Uh, so they do a lot of things well defensively. And uh, like I said, Mawat Max versatility was a big part of that. But I do think that Caleb McConnell has got to be up there for the best defender in the Big Ten once again. And he really does a good job of playing on-ball defense against the opposing team's best player and really does a good job of not eliminating them, but severely limiting them. And that always, that always helps. Now, it, it may not be as big of a loss on the offensive end, but is there anything different that the uh, Illini might see uh, due to this injury? Sure. So they got to fill in the minutes somehow. Um, they're starting Andre Hyatt, who was their sixth man. He started the first nine games of the year when Caleb McConnell and Paul Mulcahy were hurt. In certain games, he was solid in the first half against Indiana on Tuesday. He had a great game against Penn State. Um, sometimes he gets him in trouble when he's shooting shots he shouldn't, but that's just kind of the give and take you have with Andre Hyatt, who can put it on the deck and get to the glass, but he's a lot more of a perimeter-oriented player. And so is Oscar Palmquist, a reserve guy that didn't play much at all up until uh, last week. And with Mag's injury, he'll play more. He really only shoots the ball, and he's shooting really well. He's hit six of his last nine threes. I don't know if that's a pace that can really – 
he, he can keep up uh, because if he was shooting, you know, if he was a 66% three-point shooter, he'd be playing more than five minutes a game before this, right? Um, but as long as he's, they got to ride the hot hand, though, again, as we mentioned, him, the difference between Mawat and him defensively is is massive. And that's as much to Mag's quality as it is to Oscar's. You know, he hasn't been playing much, so it's hard to play that well defensively. And then Dean Reber, a guy you kind of talked mentioned uh, pre, pre-recording, uh, he's a guy that plays more center. Uh, he's more of a backup five, but if they have to, they'll play him at the four. A lot slower than Mag, uh, but he could bang a little bit inside, and he can shoot it a little bit. He shot well last year, hasn't really shot well this year, but he can shoot it. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, some guys just seem to play better against Illinois than other teams. Maybe he's the breakout guy. I don't know if I would if I would bank on that. <laughs> no, you're very good. That means put yourself. him down for 29, folks. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I think uh, it was interesting. I thought it was interesting how we talked about, you know, the, the injury that they had. Um, and how important that is how, to their defense. And Rutgers is a team that's built on defense. So, um, and his his he's so high on Illinois. He thinks they're Illinois is a Final Four contender. Um, so, Illini fans should should maybe that's an outside guy saying that that's not a, an Illini guy. So, yeah, and I think it's it's exciting to to have, watch a game with Rutgers because they're very talented. They're long. They play defense. Um, they're a, they're a tough matchup for Illinois. Should be a very entertaining game that Illinois will have to play well to win. Big game again Saturday afternoon, one o'clock at State Farm Center. You can see it on FS1. OSF Healthcare brought to you this segment and proud to be a partner with them here on the Sports Spectacular. Just ahead, Illinois guys, football writer and analyst Matt Stevens gives us an update on Brett Bielema's football program here on the Illinois guys radio network. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. 3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. 
You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. We mentioned that it's four weeks from Selection Sunday. The NCAA Tournament's 68-team field revealed, and the tip-off for the third annual Illini Guys Bracket Challenge also tips off. It's free to join and $1,000 in cash prizes on the line, but you have to be a member. Sign up to take advantage of a free seven-day membership on IlliniGuys.com. Meanwhile, all quiet on the outside of the Illini football program, but inside the Smith Center, things are popping. To give us an update, none other than Matt Stevens, Illini Guys football writer and analyst. Matt, uh, good to talk to you as always. Let's start with um, this the big recruit, the one guy that Brett Bielema signed in the February signing period last week um, that really created a lot of buzz. You had a great piece on IlliniGuys.com about uh, this guy's, uh, about his background. Yeah, Max Rosetich is a guy who comes from Spring Valley, Illinois. Um, it's an interesting thing about Max. If, if you'd have told me when I woke up at around 7 a.m. on signing day who he was, I would have had no idea who you were talking about. And I actually would have had no idea where Spring Valley, Illinois is. And I've, I've lived pretty much near Illinois my whole life. So I'm told that that's not something that I need to be concerned about because as I wrote, yeah, Larry, and I appreciate that. They, 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 they did a whole covert operation here to keep him as quiet as they possibly could in 2022, 2023 about, you know, how to sign somebody in the internet era without anybody knowing about it. Um, which included the six guys that ended up at Purdue had no idea who he was. And so Brett Bielema was keeping that as tight a circle as he possibly could. And, and then he ends up with a kid that, you know, Aaron Henry tells me every time he goes to watch a kid play basketball, they end up starting at least two years where he's at. And so, um, and was called a no brainer by the time he was watched, you know, by both Aaron Henry and um, a couple of other guys on the recruiting coordinator, Pat, Pat Hamilton being one play basketball. They're like, this is a no brainer. We got to take this kid. Um, and then, you know, his film, and then when I'm not talking about huddle film, I'm not talking about highlight film. You've never seen a bad play on anybody's highlight film. This is their practice film that he was that Brett Bielema was sent, and it was all stuff that he wanted, to, like he would have wanted to see. And so from that moment on, they knew we they had somebody special. And I really think that if this kid had ended up at a you know a five A 5A or a six A school, Illinois would have had a really tough battle with some schools over his services. So. Um, you know, I don't know what his career is going to end up being. He's going to start at safety, um, start his career at safety. I'm sorry. He will not start for Illinois at safety next year, but he will start his career at safety and we'll see how that goes from there. But I think Aaron Henry feels like his defensive backfield got a lot better by, by acquiring that young man in the, uh, in the February period. Yeah. Illinois added, uh, if I recall, Matt, then they had Matthew Bailey late and he kind of under-recruited guy last year and he got on the field as a true freshman and, showed a lot of promise. So maybe these guys are good at this whole uh, finding diamonds in the rough thing as I, as you look at this. Yeah. I, it's interesting, Brad. I think that the quickly, I'll just say, I, I didn't know that you could do this in the internet era with football anymore. I know you can do it with baseball. I know you can do it with other non-revenue sports. Brett Bielman was finding out a path to do this in football by just being as, as covert and I don't know, FBI secretive as he possibly can be in that <laughs> office of his. And I, I think it's working out well with guys like Matthew Bailey and guys like Keontae Curry um, coming out of that, you know, class the year before. And then guys like, you know, Max Rutich, who I, I think could end up being somebody who could be productive by the time he's an upperclassman at Illinois. Matt, the, the football coaches, they've added the coaches, got the staff ready to go. And they, what are your thoughts on the, the hires that Bielema made? 
they need one more. And, and we found that out on signing day because Ben Miller's, you know, going to be a move to an administrative role. I wouldn't say permanently, but for 2023. So you're going to see a special teams and tight ends coach, I think, get hired here in the next, I don't know, whenever Bielema wants to announce it, I guess. But in, I would say in about a month. Um within that time period. Uh, the two coaches I think are, 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 are interesting in the, in the idea that they're coming back to, they're both coming back to Illinois. Um, you know, you have a running backs coach in, in Thad Ward, who I, I, I think is somebody who I think everybody on, on Lovey's staff, if you had to rate them like one through 10 in assistance, he would have probably been one or two Austin. Um, you know, his defensive line coach, who's now was still with the Miami Dolphins, was probably one or two. I think that was probably way away up there. And he ended up, you know, leaving Lovey's staff to go work, uh, you know, for a former colleague of his at, at Temple, Rod Carey, who was the uh, you know, head coach at Northern Illinois. Um, the fact that Th Thad's come back and, and has, you know, has that ability to recruit in the in the in two of the three crucial areas I think Illinois needs to dominate, and that's the Chicago suburbs and in St. Louis. I think when Corey Patterson left leaves for Purdue, you got to have a St. Louis guy. And I think that after what has happened in this 2023 class in the Chicago suburbs, um, and when Illinois lost a couple of battles in 2023 in this class, I think they wanted to bring in somebody that had those kind of chops, and Thad does that. And he also inherits a running back room, quite frankly, that he said was bigger, stronger, faster, and probably better than the one that he had with Lovey Smith. So I think that that one is is, is a no-brainer. Your outside linebackers coach is a guy from the NFL. He hasn't been in college football for, for 11 years. I have concerns about his ability to recruit because they've handed him the Chicago suburbs, and I don't think that that's some, an area that they, they want to lose traction in. But I think that he he's a guy that I think has done a lot with with pass rushers like Chandler Jones and at, you know at Arizona and, and guys places that he's been in Miami. I think there's 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 a pathway here for guys like you know a, a an outside linebacker room where I know Brett Bielema used to coach that in the NFL. He thinks those guys need to take a step forward. He thinks Gabe Yakis and Seth Coleman need to take a step forward for that defense to be as lead as they were last year. And I think that this is the guy to hire. You know, the, there's other good news as the Illini have guys highly ranked in the combine. And Devin Witherspoon has been mock draft as high as number six now. Um, boy, is that something that the Illini can build on? And, you know, do you think Witherspoon will run a 40? And what? how do you think that'll go for the guys there at the combine? I think Devin Witherspoon will run at the combine. I have no doubt in my mind he will not do anything physical on pro day on March 10th when he shows up to the Smith Center, if at all. Um, I think he'll he'll have put together a package enough to do it there. I think he'll be a projected top 10 pick by the time the pro day shows up on March 10th. And I think that when he gets drafted in April in Kansas City as a top 10 as most top 15 pick that will be a holiday for Brett Bielema and the Illini program because that has not happened in over a decade so I think that that's something that yes they absolutely can build on but I think the two Brown brothers are going to get drafted Chase and Sydney there's a there's a there's a lot of talk that Sydney might actually get drafted before Chase um, because of the stuff that he's done and then I think um, you're looking at you know, Quan Martin, who could potentially get drafted late as well. And I, you guys got to remember, there's about two or three guys that Illinois has coming back in the 2023 season that if they'd have been in this draft, then you would have seen at least a half dozen guys hear their name called, I think, um, from Illinois' 
2022 season. I'm I'm talking about Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, those types of guys. I think Illinois has got a, a, a real big future of NFL draftees coming here in the pipeline. Just amazing considering what this program was a couple of years ago and, and where they are right now. Hey, Matt, always great stuff. Good to catch up with you, and uh, we'll talk with you next week. Not a problem. See you guys. All right, Matt Stevens, com football and uh, uh, writer and analyst, keeping us updated all the time. Hey, time for a break all along the Illini Guys radio network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Welcome back. Let's talk LeBron James, shall we? The new all-time leading scorer in the NBA. You know, I saw one comment online where someone was, was trying to diss the accomplishment because... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or you may know him as Lou Alcindor, went to college for four years, and LeBron skipped college. Well, both hit the scoring mark in their 20th NBA season. LeBron in about 140 fewer games than Kareem, so I'm not sure any of that matters. Point is, he now has scored the most points. Yeah, and you know, part of the, the there are different, um, I, I guess there are different like records that you set. This is a longevity record. Yeah, you have to be really good. But you have to play a long time, and and LeBron has the, played the longest of anybody. I mean, at, at this level, I mean, he's played tw- he's played twenty years of elite basketball, where he's one of the top ten players in the league for twenty straight years. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I'd even hazard a guess, maybe even top five. You know, for all those twenty years, and and like Jordan, how many of his years were he was number one? Clearly. Um, it, it's a, it's an interesting one because you're right. It, it really goes down to guys who take care of themselves and, um, also just have that extra effort to, to, uh, you know, probably play through some injuries that other guys wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have done that. Um, so congratulations to LeBron and, and he, he now carries the torch and has at least what, two more years in him to see how far he can put that record in the distance. Yeah, if his body holds up, that's the questions we were talking about before. Brad, you mentioned when we discussed LeBron before that if he's not your top three, if you're doing something wrong, uh, give us your top three all time. Well, I mean, so so I always look at it differently. Longevity is part of that. And and I think Michael Jordan is the best player that I've ever seen play basketball. Um, He's the best of all time. He's my one. Um, I actually put LeBron at two. But I could see where somebody might put somebody else. My my three is is Kareem, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I think he's three. Now, I did not see Wilt Chamberlain play, though, when he was, you know, I so I can't really say that. The guy who I think was probably the best player that but didn't have the longevity was he was, but he went, didn't he win like three MVPs in a row is Larry Bird. Larry Bird was fantastic, right? Um, and so I, I look at him as being a great player as well, but he didn't have the longevity. He just had that stretch and magic was kind of a, a, you know, when you look compared to like the 20 years that LeBron played, it wasn't as long. I think those are the guys, but I, I have Michael LeBron and then Kareem as my top three. Yeah. And, and depending on what day of the week, I'll flip Michael and LeBron um, just depends on what mood I'm in. And then I think Kareem is the number three, and and Wilt's dominance makes you have to think that he should be in this discussion. Um, the you know there were only eight teams, so you played really good teams every night. Yet at the same time, the league didn't have the players that it does nowadays. Um, but but Wilt would be one that I might put 
3A. It's it's tough. I, I think that most would agree that it's Jordan LeBron. Um, I can't put LeBron number one right now um, just because I think as great as he is, no legend left more on the table than LeBron. I think yes. LeBron, his potential could have been so much better if he would have agree, agreed to coaching. He, he can't be coached, and he has to be the alpha. I think if, if he had Steph Curry's humility, he would be the greatest ever, ever. I, take, take Jordan and the dominance of Jordan and take LeBron's sheer athletic gifts. That, that's what it combined. But his, he got in his own way way too many times. And that's where I can't put him number one. Um, you know, I've got Jordan, I, I've got LeBron and, and it's tough for me. I've got Kareem to that. My nephew on the next day, which it would have been, I guess what Wednesday morning, my nephew, um, who's a former you know high school football star, loves sports. He's having a debate. He sends me a text. He's saying, uncle Larry, g- give, give me your top 10 or so. And I said, well, I said off the top of my head, here are my, here are my, here's the top, what I have Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, magic, Wilt, Kobe, Duncan, Baylor, Russell, Bird, Curry, Olajuwon, off the top of my head. I think that's, that's a pretty good dozen. Yeah, those are all great players. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I was going to mention Tim Duncan. Um, I thought Tim Duncan was great um, as well. He was a winner. I, I really think, and, and I say this not to, to you, you mentioned LeBron and the winning. There's a, there's a world where I look at LeBron and what happened in the NBA Finals where he had a couple of breaks even to get the finals, the wins that he got with maybe it was a COVID year. We get a break, whether it was a, a miracle shot from, from Ray Allen. Right. Right. I mean, so it's possible we could be looking at fewer titles, but it's also possible that you could look at him and say, if he's won seven or eight NBA titles, I think he's clear cut number one of all time Yeah, because he'd have that next thing. Jordan just had a little bit of an edge. He's six, no in the finals playing in that era that he did. And it was just, it was, it was really impressive. That's why I put him one, but Akeem also that time when Akeem was great. I, I think there are guys who had the, they were the best player in the game for a, for a couple years. I think it's hard to do it for, you know, I, I think Michael may have been the best player his whole career until he retired the second time. And LeBron's been the best player for a lot, many years um, of his career out of the 20 years. So yeah, I, I think it's uh I think that's the thing, longevity being the best for a long period of time. Yeah, and it's interesting. I I I, I wouldn't write rank Kobe that high. Um, I, I I just too much baggage. And then the other part is is I, I just think that, you know, if you shoot all the time, um, you know, it's easier to to be a great. But um I, I think Duncan is very underrated because he was just a everyday guy, bring a lunch pail and and work hard. Uh, Hakeem is the one that I think is really special as well because of the footwork that he had. I think he's one of those guys who really would translate just as well today as he did back when he played. And then there's the generational guys that our, that our parents tell us about, like Jerry, Re- Jerry West and Oscar Robertson, that I'm not certain they would translate as well into today's game, but the people who saw him play said they were magnificent. Yeah, I think that's the other thing, Mike. It's hard to compare different eras. The yep. game was so different. You know, I, I I contend that Michael Jordan would have scored 40-plus a game with today's spacing and mm-hmm. rules that they have. 
where where you can't you know you can't be in the lane and, and the way they play three you know shooting threes he would have just been able to attack the basket at will I, I'm not sure he could have been guarded that's a great point you know I see Duncan and Curry as the same guys and it's it's to me it's not uncommon it's not surprising that Popovich and Kerr are the coaches of those two dynasties because Kerr you know took a lot of notes from Popovich as well as he did Jackson too um and I think you're right Elijah one's one of those um I think LeBron I think of the 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 one the great Cavs Warriors uh wars that they had not just the that was one too where if Draymond Green doesn't have the groin punch uh that suspends him for a game and then Andrew Bogut the the series ending injury um the shot blocker underneath LeBron goes off for 42 in game seven with no shot blocker underneath and they win the title so but though all those are the all you know ifs, ands, and buts kind of thing. But it's a great debate, and it's not going to end anytime soon. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, Big Ten expansion. Uh, You'd think that's on hold indefinitely, especially with the Big Ten now looking for a new commissioner. But the Pac-12, and again, some brilliant reporting by our our friend Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com, is looking to uh, add teams before they can finish off their new media deal, which is now set to expire next year. And the two schools that Dodd reports they're considering, San Diego State, we've talked about the Aztecs, and SMU. Another market, right? Add that market. Dallas is a big market, so you you add that to your to your mix, and and also with you you bring in SMU and you bring in the Dallas market, it's going to open them up to other markets too. I mean, we've seen the Big Tens going coast to coast, so why, why can't the Pac-12 go and to bring in some of these other teams? Yeah, it's it's an interesting window. The Pac-10 really has to move relatively quickly, and with the indecision on what the Big Ten's going to do, that makes it hard. But just around the corner, the UFC, NASCAR, NBA, and WWE are all going to be signing new deals. So the Pac-12 really needs to figure something out and try to strike before they're one of many that's out there in the marketplace. It's it's a very tantalizing situation. And the way it affects the Big Ten, what does that new media rights deal, if they do add these two schools and get back to 12, how does that affect in terms of some of those other Pac-12 schools who have interest in joining the Big Ten, Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington? How does that affect them? Um, again, stay tuned. Uh, this story is not finished uh, writing itself by any stretch. Time for us to take a break right now. We're back with more after this. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053-800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. Well, look who decided to shuffle into town. It's Mr. Tin Gallon Hat himself. Kendrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for IlliniGuys.com and the voice behind the Keds Recruiting Roundup podcast. You can find that on IlliniGuys.com or wherever you download your podcast. Ked, good to see you. We've missed you the past couple of weeks. We've been tied up doing some other stuff here. Uh, okay, we want some nuggets. And if you're on IlliniGuys.com, you know nuggets means 
recruiting stuff, all the good stuff, the nuggets, not the ones you win when opponents miss two free throws at State Farm Center. Different nuggets. These are recruiting nuggets. Uh, let's start with the, the young man from Bloomington that Brad referenced uh, last hour here on the show, Cole Serta. What can you tell us about him and what's the latest? Well, I think first we should give Brad Sturdy all the credit because Brad was on Cole Serta really early. He was on Cole Serta before everyone else was. And, you know, at first some of us had, a, you know, we had our doubts. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, Brad. But then more and more I saw him play. And then I see the coaches seem to be at every one of his home games. So, he must be a really, really important basketball recruit for them. And, you know, uh, this week, the coaches went to go see him again. And he didn't disappoint. The kid can shoot it. Um, I know uh, Brad Sturdy mentioned, you know, last hour, you know, that, you know, the Illinois doesn't want to have a team that can't shoot anymore. So, I mean, what do you do? You go out and you recruit guys that can fill it up. And he's a great shooter. He's a six four, six five guard in the class of 2024. That at first, you know, when I talked to him, you know, was this as a complimentary offer? But it seems a little bit more than that. So now Illinois is really, really pursuing this kid, and, and he's liking what he's getting from this home state university. Yeah, he's a he's a really interesting kid because you watch him play on the AAU circuit, and he's basically off the ball, running off screens, catch and shoot, a lot of things. Then you watch him play with his high school team. He's at the high post. He's posting up, and he's playing point guard. He basically had to play point guard uh, in some of these actions. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, he's very intriguing. Here's the thing. If he's stronger, I, he's he's impressed me with his quickness. He's not a, like a high flyer or anything. Like When he gets stronger, though, this that's his biggest setback right now. He just needs to gain you know, 15, 20 pounds of muscle, and he's got the skills. And, of course, there's another uh, guard that Illinois uh, has a commitment from, Draven Gibbs-Lawhorn who has displayed a real terror on scoring recently. And Lord knows he's got some athletic highlight reels. Ked, what's going on with Draven? Well, I want to let the Illinois fans out there, all the fans. And if you've seen him on Twitter or anything on YouTube, he is putting up some unbelievable highlights. He's shooting it at a high clip. Um, he can he can jump out of the gym. And the one thing I think fans are really, really going to like about him, he it reminds me a lot of Luther Head, but a much better ball handler. He's proving that he can handle the basketball. I like what he's going to have to offer. You bring him in with uh, Jay Neps and Sincere Harris, and it's going to be a really nice backcourt. I mean, he looks a lot more polished um, as a prospect right now than, than he did a couple of years ago. I actually watched him play last April and I watched him and he was committed to Purdue at the time. And I thought, man, this is, is going to be a terror to play against for the next four years for Illinois. Cause he reminded me of like a Carson Edwards because he's so athletic, so quick and he can shoot it. I was shooting extremely well that weekend. This is a guy just really, he, there's some things he needs to work on. He needs to clean up some of his game. But he is a freak athlete who can shoot the ball, and he is uh, he's has an edge to him. And now he wants to prove something. Man, he he might be a diamond. He might be a kid who, whether he's ranked, he might be a real really outplay his ranking at the end of the day. Well said. Like to hear that. Um, you know, you see what the Gardens did this year, how it's kind of shaken out. And and Jay Neps is somebody that I remember back in October. The the question was. Where is this kid going to find time? Not so much Jaden, I'm sorry, Sincere Harris. Where is he going to find time? And it turns out uh, they both have come in and, and really contributed uh, so much. Hey, let's talk about the, the women's recruits very quickly. Uh, the two big names uh, coming up here, uh, Dolan and, and Allen. 
uh, in the class of 2023. What's the latest with them? You know, it's funny, you know, Alay, that you mentioned them because they're kind of in the same uh, Drayvon Gibbs Longhorn mode. They weren't mad about the McDonald's All-American game, but I think they both felt slighted, and especially Gretchen. A lot of people are not good competition. I mean, they think the competition she's playing is, is not the best, but she is putting up some unbelievable numbers. I don't care if you're playing third graders. And when you're putting up 50 points, you know, and, and shooting from 25 and 30 feet, I mean, she's just a really, really outstanding player in this badminton. I think she's going to be a diamond in the rough. Um, and you look at what Shauna Green has right now. I mean, at one point, you know, for most of the season, they led the country in three-point shooting, and that's what Gretz is going to do. And then you have Corey Allen, who's a, a different version of Adelia McKenzie. I mean, she is coming in as a much better shooter. Adelia has obviously perfected her shot, but it's like having two two Adelias on the court. So a really, really good class. And um, I can honestly tell the fans, they, they all know this, that Coach Green mentioned that they need size. Uh, Kendall Bosick has done a wonderful job, but she's a four. They really need that dominant post player inside. And she also wants to build on her depth. So the quality a play that you're going to get coming in from Dolan and Allen is going to be huge if those two girls pan out. Uh, excuse me, those two women pan out. That's going to be really, really huge moving forward. I'll be honest with you. I'm a big proponent of people who make baskets. And uh, <laughs> Dolan makes baskets. I mean, at the end of the day, I every, every game I've played and coached, it's whoever scores the most points wins. And I don't know, maybe they change the rules, but – Baskets count. And, you know, they always talk about competition, but here's the other part about that. I'm going to rant here. Sorry. The other part about this, maybe she's not playing the great competition, but you know that every other team is putting multiple people to stop her. Like people don't understand that when you're on a really good team, you have freedom to do some things because everybody can play. When you're a team that maybe isn't as good or playing a team that they just, their goal is just to stop you. I mean, and I've had my kids deal with this playing like their goal is like they put to you're not going to score. Well, and then she scores anyway. She scores 40 points a game. So, yeah, something uh yeah, it's still impressive. Well, I'll tell you what, another thing that she mentioned, they played against each other. I don't know. I mean, and they mentioned that on my podcast, but what, what was unique, I had a chance to talk to both of them separately who played better. And I will give uh Corey credit. She was very very impressed with um, with Gretchen. She says she's a lot better and, and don't let the competition fool you, but she's also played some really good AAU basketball, Brad, so you're 100% right. You know, at the end of the day, you got to put the ball in the basket, and I think she does that well. Great stuff. Uh, you know, we call Jaden Epps Bucket. That's what Sturdy's called him since he was in high school. <laughs> I think you can call Gretchen Dolan Bucket as well, right? She just gets buckets, like you said. And yeah, uh, never, never seen a time when you want to score less. And in the game of any any game, you're, you're wanted to score more, right? Exactly. Uh, Kendrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for LanaGuys.com. Great stuff as always. We'll talk with you next week. Thanks, guys. All right. There is Kendrick. Head out to his trusty horse. He's going to ride off into the sunset. There he goes. All right. Hey, the Illini women's basketball team, we've talked a lot about them already recruiting-wise, already putting together one of the winningest seasons in program history, now trying to finish up strong and end their NCAA tournament drought the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, she joins us next. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the fighting Illini. 
Member FDIC. Nobody covers the Fighting Illini women's basketball team like IlliniGuys.com. More than once this season, the Illini guys have been the only Illinois media in the house. Post-game reports after every game, feature stories, recruiting updates, interviews, and exclusive one-on-ones with the Illini gal herself, sophomore star guard Adalia McKenzie. It's been an historic season for the Illini and head coach Shauna Green, and we're there every step of the way to the postseason and beyond. Sign up today at IlliniGuys.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160-800-390-5160-800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Paramedic, firefighter, police officer. Different job titles, one common goal, to keep communities safe. They all risk their lives every day responding to emergencies. Just because they accept their jobs can be hazardous doesn't mean they have to be. Is your workplace safe for everyone? Learn more about the Put Yourself in Our Boots campaign at ourboots.ca. This message brought to you by the John Petropolis Memorial Fund. Hey, this is Tim Sinclair, public address voice of the Chicago Bulls and Fighting Illini Basketball, and you're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. She's the Illini gal, sophomore guard at I. McKenzie, who, like her team, is having just a phenomenal season for the Fighting Illini. They continue their road trip with a challenging matchup at Maryland, noon central tip-off on BTN+. Adaya, coming down to the stretch here, um, the competition has just been, um, boy, you're getting every team, and Coach, I know, has told you guys, you no longer are the hunter. You're now the hunted. Um, I mean, do you sense everyone kind of really bringing their A game when you guys are on the court? A lot different than in the past. Yeah, for sure. I feel like every game we play, we get everybody's best. And it's just like, I don't want to say it puts pressure on us, but it, we got to be more aware and alert. Like, look, we got to give our best, too, every night. Like, every night, a win isn't guaranteed. So we know we're going to get everybody else best because we're the hunted now. So now we still got to be hunters and get them. Yeah. You guys had, a, I guess, a little bit of adversity. You know, the Michigan game was, you know, by far the worst loss of the season for you guys. But you you bounced back. How important was it to get back on the winning trail in that next game after that Michigan game? Yeah, it's really important. We always talk about not snowballing, like don't let this loss lead into three more losses, you know. So we just focus on bouncing back, getting those wins, because we know every win is critical in the Big Ten Conference. So as you look at it now, um, you know, playing high-ranked Maryland team, uh, do you get pumped up when you see those high rankings in front of a team? Like you want to prove, you know, we we should be, we want to be there too? Or how do you look at that? Yeah. Uh, personally, when I look at it, I'm like, we got to get them, you know, like we want to eventually have those high rankings, you know, and it's just, those games are just opportunities, you know, and that's how we see them as a team. And, you know, I guess we have that hunter mentality, you know, because, like, we don't have the pressure on us. You know, they got all the pressure on them. So we just got to approach it with that killer mentality. <laughs> Get those dubs. That's right. 
um, you know, we're coming down now to the end of the season. It's, it's, it's been such a, a long grind for you guys, the extra workouts when coach green and her staff came on back in April and the summer workouts. And then of course the preseason workouts, when you got back on campus, uh, the stuff that, that coach had you doing when you went back home to Minnesota for, for your summer break. Um, and now here we are, we're, you know, approaching the halfway point of February and, and, you know, the big 10 tournament's just a, a couple of weeks away. Um, what are you guys doing to kind of to reset energy wise and, and focus wise when you get this point in the season making sure that, that you're sharp every single day? Yeah, actually, Coach Green talked to us in practice and said, this is the time where teams crumble or they rise. You know, it's February, you know, like season is almost coming to the end. You know, people either going to stay together or separate. So we just talk about just still having that mentality that we had in November, you know, blowing out teams and winning and just remember that feeling of what we did to get those wins. And we just keep that mindset throughout February and in the tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's interesting. You know, do you think as you start looking at these tournaments and you hear yourself talking about the tournament, think about where you were a year ago and where you are now when you're actually talking about the NCAA tournament and making that drive. How's that feel? Is that kind of, you pinch yourself sometimes? Yeah. It does feel unreal. Like, I'm just like, wow. Cause last year, it was like no, not going to the NCAA tournament or making it far in the Big Ten tournament. So just now knowing we have that opportunity, it just feels really good because like I just I'm so eager and you know excited to just get there. But I know it's gotta take one step at a time, a game at a time. But it does feel good knowing that we have those opportunities in front of us. You know, I've also noticed you guys have had some balanced scoring, um, you know, in a lot of the games. Um, what do you do to get your teammates involved? It seems like once you get going downhill, um, all of a sudden the team starts elevating its play. And then are you looking to include other people to get them involved in the game or how do you approach that? Yeah, for sure. I know like me being a driver, you know, getting downhill. Well, a lot of teams are going to collapse the paint and it happens a lot. So I see that as a really good opportunity to get my assist game up, you know, and get those kick out threes. And that's like one of my favorite things when I drive and they think they cut me off, then I kick it out to my teammate who's wide open and they hit the three. I'm like, yeah, you thought you almost had it. <laughs> <laughs> like almost, almost. But yeah, I just love, like, I can use my ability in different ways, you know, not just to score, but to get others open and get those assists. Well, Dahlia, as always, it is uh, so much fun to watch you guys. Again, closing in um, on a really special season. We mentioned already one of the winningest seasons in program history. Um, you have a chance. You've already doubled the win total from last year and have a shot to triple it. I mean, just one of the great comeback stories um, in all of sports this year, not just in women's basketball. So uh, good luck in College Park. Uh, we've all been there. It's a, it's a gorgeous building, sometimes a tough place to play, but we know that you will do all that you can to get that dub. <laughs> so if, the, if you get hit with chicken that's what happened to the men's team so so duck if you see chicken chicken strips flying make sure you duck i got you and i'll, I'll just throw it back <laughs> there you go that's right don't do what brad does because brad goes all you know how the dogs jump in the air and they catch a frisbee well, when that happens to sturdy he jumps up in the air it just takes that food right out of the <laughs> with his mouth right out of the air it's amazing yeah. 
you have no idea how high I can jump when there's food at the top. Just, just so you see a piece of chicken at about nine feet. Brad goes airborne. Oh, it's it's amazing. I could, I could. If the basket was above that, I'd throw down every time. (laughs) The YouTube videos are spectacular. Uh, That's right. Sturdy leaps for chicken. Adaya McKenzie, always good to talk with you. The Illini gal. Uh, Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all. The right, again, the Illini women's team closing in on a 20 win season. Hey, keep it right here as we will uh, have much more to come after this on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Let's talk Super Bowl 57. Now, always a week of weird press conferences and even weirder reporter outfits and questions. Uh, people, you are not the story this week. Just keep that in mind. Uh, endless parties, and finally, it's the actual game. Yeah, Sunday, the reason we came here. Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Super Bowl 57 from Phoenix. Uh, who you got in this one? I, I'll i be honest with you. I, I really I, I like the Eagles um, because I think their defense is a little better, but I, I don't think I, – I think Patrick Mahomes – is healthy now. And so I think they're going to win and I, I, I shouldn't pick them, but I'm going to pick them. It goes, I'm going with my heart instead of my head. How about that? <laughs> and, and I'm going to go the other way. I, I think the Eagles are the better team. I like the chiefs much more. I like Mahomes and and that team much more, but I fear the Eagles are just a little bit too good and they're starting to get back on that roll again. And I think they're going to win this one. I uh, think it's a toss-up. I have no idea. I watched less NFL this year than be any year in my life, so I am so not qualified. But I'm going to throw out Kansas City just because I flipped a coin before the show, and that's where it landed. So uh, there you go, scientific. <laughs> and that, that's usually the best way to do it. I mean, I think that that might be the most uh, effective way to do that. I can tell you what I disagree with more than anything I've read in the press lately is Roger Goodell saying that, the NFL of uh, officiating has never been better in the league. I'm not certain that I agree with that statement, but um, that's what Roger's selling right that, now. That wasn't Roger Goodell. That was Mr. Magoo. <laughs> that, yeah, maybe <laughs> You know what? I get those two confused all the time. Oh, maybe it was good. Goodoo. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well played. Excellent. Well, meanwhile, another week of Big Ten play and uh, men's basketball. You know, it is still anyone's guess who will separate themselves and be the cream of the crop that's not named Purdue. Uh, You know, I'll be honest, guys. At this point, I'm not sure we will know anything in regards to the Big Ten postseason pecking order until the final weekend of the regular season. Oh, I I don't think there's any question. I mean, this is this conference is is crazy. I mean, it is like it it's deep in the sense that everybody can beat you except maybe Minnesota right now, although they do have, they have won a game, but I, I think every one of these teams that you play, um, you know, you got Ohio state is like under 500, but they're 34th on Ken Palm. Their, their metrics are really high. So, cause they lose close games. So uh, Penn state, look at Rutgers, Indiana, you know, Michigan, Michigan state, Purdue, Wisconsin. I mean, just there's so many teams and they're all kind of a jumbled mess. And, and like you say, you, there's eight games left, and it's going to be whoever you know gets hot down that stretch and, and can separate themselves to get second in the Big Ten. Yeah, Indiana seems like they're in a uh, uh, 
elevation mode right now. Um, Illinois could be because you think about it, that lost Iowa was two points with some crazy calls on the road. They still almost won it. Um, the team that I think is really scary is Ohio State because they're extremely young. There's a lot of talent on that team. And if a few of those young guys figure out how to play and not turn over the ball uh, down the stretch of a game, they could inflict some painful losses on teams above them in the rankings. Well, how would you like to see them as like the 12 or 13 seed in the Big Ten tournament? And then you're the, and you're like <laughs> the five or six and you get you get that talented team with guys like Sensabaugh, et cetera. I mean, you know, Justice Suing and, and Zed Key, you got some talented guys. And it's like, wow, that's a tough first round draw. Yes, it it is. And and that's why I think they're they may be the team that that you know knocks uh, a Big Ten or team down a seed or two with you know a victory going going into the last couple of weeks of the season. They're just too good and but they they don't have the experience yet. Is is hey Mike, is Chris Holtman on the hot seat though? Uh, if if I mean, he was at anywhere other than Ohio State, I would say yes. But at Ohio State, basically this time of year is the time between the national championship game and when spring football starts. So they need something to do, but it's not really that important. So I'm not certain if he's in any danger at all because as soon as you know, as soon as spring ball starts, their attention goes to football. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe they've lost nine of ten. Now Holden's yeah. a guy who's made the NCAA tournament. Essentially, I'm counting 2020 because obviously they would have been in that year. Right? They made the NCAA tournament basically eight years in a row, whether he was at Butler or at Ohio State. And now, you know. This is, and they're obviously not going to make it unless they make a, a crazy run. They almost have to win out and then, you know, win have some 10. wins. Yeah, win the Big Ten tournament. I mean, so, uh, you know, man, I, I don't know. It, how long do you stay? And Ohio State doesn't worry about buyouts. So what what is your goal? They have a great recruiting class, but you're kind of wondering, like, well, we had a great recruiting class last year, and this is where we're at. So I don't know. Yeah, will they, will they risk it? Because that, that, that's where I've kind of taken this is they don't want to risk that recruiting class, but you know, the Holtman has, he doesn't, he's not real warm and fuzzy and he hasn't necessarily made the alliances that you need to say that you can withstand a bad season like this year. You know, Holtman did that uh, contract extension last year, but you're right in Ohio state, this is just the time between, you know, the college football playoff and spring football um, people unhappy that um, Ryan day, who's in nothing but win there, but ends the season with, with back-to-back losses, right? So, you know, it is. Uh, there's no joy in Mudville right now. And maybe uh, a little psychology 101, a little displacement. They can't fire Ryan Day, so they're going to fire Chris Holtman to take out their frustration. <laughs> Not like if Kansas commits a violation, then Grinnell College gets hit. And yeah, I exactly. So it's, it's the NCAA way. <laughs> exactly. Um, as we go to break, uh, one of the team to look at right now, don't look now, but sitting in a tie for second place, is Michigan after they th- throttled Nebraska all of a sudden the Wolverines not on anybody's NCAA bubble but tied for second in the Big Ten at eight and five going into the weekend that's how crazy this Big Ten season uh, has been and more madness still to come four weeks until Selection Sunday uh, much more to come after a timeout stay with us slow down they say you're getting older relax seriously you're on a mission you've got places to go grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. 
we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Attention travelers. Next Tuesday, a major hurricane will cause complete chaos throughout the city. Food, water, and phone service will be in short supply. There will likely be panic citywide. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Disasters don't plan ahead. You can. Talk to your loved ones about how you're going to be ready in an emergency. Don't wait. Communicate. Welcome back to the Sports Spectacular. Last hour, IlliniGuys.com's football writer and analyst Matt Stevens gave us an update on the team and last week's signing day, and he talked about the lone signee, defensive back Mac Resetich from Hall High School in Spring Valley, up near the Quad Cities area. Well, we thought we would play something for you that's a little unique and that you don't hear every day. Head coach Brett Bielema, as part of his news conference, took the time with reporters to break down a bit of this prospect's play. Uh, now, he will do some of this on signing day, but because Resetich was the lone signee on this second period of the calendar, he was really animated and very excited about landing this young man. We'll play just a small clip of his, uh, starting with the covert operation to land this prospect without alerting rival schools. Mac Resetich, um, I just can't say enough about what we've learned about him. Um, he's actually from my neck of the woods, didn't grow up too far away from where I was. And uh, when the, his name came up in his hometown, his program, I kind of started smiling and uh, I give a lot of credit to Pat Hamilton, our, our, our personnel department. Uh, you know, especially Pat Ryan. Pat Ryan uh, was a huge part of uh, Matt Bailey a year ago, just staying on top of an in-state prospect, kind of an unknown guy. Um, we actually kind of started to talk to him. He came for a game, I guess it was probably uh, mid-year, um, midway through the season. I had a chance for our guys to eyeball him and, and be around him. I specifically said, let's stay, let's stay down low on this one. Uh, I really liked his film. Uh, I remember watching like the first 10 plays and all of them were touchdowns. I'm like, how many touchdowns this guy have? Uh, they said 30 and I was like, uh, you know, really just engaged and intrigued, and, and that's what kind of led us to, to where we were this past weekend. Um, uh, I knew going out of the uh, 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 first signing day that uh, uh, obviously he was still a little bit under the radar from everybody else's opinion, but it's high on the radar for us. So with the bowl game and, and preparation and all that, I said, let's take a, an inventory in January. Uh, I hadn't had, I'd actually, um, you know, felt a chance that I was going to have some transition on our staff, so I really didn't push the envelope. I, I just felt that I want to keep this one uh, to ourselves and where we're at. So uh, when January rolled around, I, I said, let's find the best uh, weekend or best opportunity to go see him two weeks in a row. So uh, I believe it was Pat Nelson who went and saw him the first time in a basketball practice, uh, came back, actually called me after the practice and said, you know, Coach, what are we doing here? Uh, we need to go. Um, and then uh, the last Saturday that we could go out, or no, the second to last Saturday that we could go out on the road, um, Coach Ryan and Coach Henry, uh, Aaron had been out all week uh, seeing uh, all kinds of 24 and 25 prospects all over the country, our best defensive prospects, and I sent him in to, to watch uh, Mac uh, play basketball, and he, he literally came out of the gym and gave me a call and said, this, this is where we need to go. So uh, I wanted to wait for the last weekend just so we could kind of uh, put things in perspective and, and had him in this past weekend, and uh, to his credit, uh, when we offered him, he kind of took a moment, composed himself, uh, mom and dad were with him, and, and uh, then had a chance to go back and talk to his family and friends who called us on Monday and said he wanted to go. I said, let's do a favor. Let's just wait till we get to Wednesday to announce this. Um, so uh, I have known and noticed that 
when we draw attention to a player, all right, we, we, we gather a lot of people around us, so I kind of wanted this one to, uh, to be uh, uh, in our hands all the way through. So I'll give you a couple clips here uh, of Mac. I'm sure a lot of you probably already seen him. I think it was noted to me that he had zero stars at 7 a.m. And after we signed him, he jumped up to three. I don't know how that happens. Um, uh, but I think it's, it's really, really, uh, I got six plays here for you, right? Just really good athlete, obviously a baseball player, already duly noted, but uh, very, very good at changing direction. He has really good vision. You'll see him playing here on defense, here on offense. Just He's a little bit better athlete than probably everybody on this field, but he knows where to go with the ball. He knows to take, take an angle and run. And it just kind of pulls away from it, right? And I think the thing that shows up repeatedly on film here is just, just intelligence, football IQ, why the ball's going on. Here you see him playing midfield. And just the burst, right? So so right now, right, if you just look at it from a football coaching perspective, his heels are on the five-yard line, right? Obviously, the 10-yard line here, 20. Ball started about 25, and you're going to see the ball kind of uh, break out on, on the angle here, right? He's coming, he's flying, right? So now the ball, he started at the five, right? He's running straight sideways at the 17, and he makes contact with him on the 18, right? So in his decision to go straight sideways, he gained 16 yards, right, and made a tackle that nobody else really saw. So he just pulled the pin, came, and then as far as just from a defensive point of view, hat in front, runs his feet on contact. A lot of guys will just go ahead and dive on this play, but one thing that I look at all the time is what do we do on contact? Here you see him contact, and you see him actually continue to take Two more strides, which means he's running through the top, right? He's got the ability to do it. Uh, not always available, but it's 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 a, a lot of times a lost art, right? Here we go, playing mid center, right? So now again, the ball's uh, being snapped somewhere here about the 10 yard line, about 11 yard line, because the uh, the chain crew's a yard short of the goal line. <clears throat> but here you see he's a midfield player, right? Reading, reacting off the quarterback throw, so he's on the one yard line. Ball's being thrown off the right hash, right? So just do the match, right? So this. This ball is being thrown on the 16-yard line. He's in the middle of the field, right? He's not even on the hash. When he sees this, he sees the quarterback, and you can see his shoulders. The first thing that tells you as a coach where someone's going is his shoulders. It's not his feet. It's not his eyes. A lot of times a player will open his shoulder or open his hip before he ever tells you where he wants to go, right? So the first thing I see is he's a, he's a balanced player here. He steps sideways with his right foot, right? But he sees the vision that opens that left shoulder, that left hip. He's still looking at the quarterback, but before this ball is even out of his hands, he's now engaged in a full hip turn, a burst. And all he can do is extend. Now this is really, really something, right? A lot of players might try to go this, right? And, and, and do something with the left hand, right? He knew where the ball was in the receiver. He hit it with his forehand, right? His front hand, not with his backhand, which is gonna decrease the amount of length he has. He reaches with the front hand because this maximizes the ability that he has. See how much higher that right hand is than his left hand? That's not normal, right? That's not normal, right? Like for him to reach with his right hand, deflect that thing and put it out of bounds where no one else could get it. He couldn't pick it like he could if he reached his left hand. He wasn't gonna catch that ball with his right hand. He knew that at that point in time, the only thing he could do is deflect the ball with his right hand High point, reach it better than anybody else, and knock the ball out of bounds. Huge football intelligence. Huge. Can't coach that. If you're interested, you can watch the clip in its entirety on IlliniGuys.com. Well, we'll break down the biggest deals at the NBA trade deadline and something we haven't seen in college basketball in 30 years right after this timeout. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future 
and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. UC's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at UC Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. NBA news all over, of course, LeBron we know about, but how about the trade uh, things happening? And the Lakers uh, making a big trade. Finally, it's been, what, two years been trying to trade Russell Westbrook, it feels like. Finally, a deal. They trade one Russell for another Westbrook on his way out and uh, D'Angelo Russell on his way in. Really wild trade because, I, you know, this is a – I think this does help in the sense that the Lakers are adding a, a better player, I think a better fit, you know, Russell Westbrook is a guy who doesn't shoot as well, and they brought in some guys with some length who can shoot, and D'Angelo Russell obviously being the big guy there. But um, they also got uh, Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, a um, couple guys who can really help uh, spread the floor and play some defense. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see. I-, I was surprised that they didn't get, I don't know, maybe why they didn't get more. I- I- Minnesota got did get Mike Conley, who's obviously a, a good player, um, and some second-round picks. And, but uh, the Lakers gave up their first-round pick in 2027 to Utah. But Russell Westbrook, how? I mean, this guy averaged a triple-double just a few years ago, and he was like considered one of the top. He's you know MVP guy, and now he's like a guy everybody's trying to get rid of. And I don't. I think he may get released once he clears and once he goes to this team. Yeah, it, it certainly appears that the the Jazz are trying to stockpile draft picks and repeat the Boston Celtics um, success. And, you know, if you, if you get a Tatum and Brown, then it'll be a great, great move. Um, Danny Ainge certainly has proved he can create a team. So um, let's give him a chance to, to do it again, I guess. You talk about Russell Westbrook and his situation reminds me of Dennis Hobson back in the early nineties. Remember that the former Ohio state star, Yeah. New Jersey Nets averaged like 21, 22 points a game traded to the bulls as Michael Jordan's backup and was like out of the league, like instantly averaged like two points a game. Like he just completely disappeared. Westbrook like is like the 21st century version of that. Like you said, he was a Mr. Triple double and, and MVP candidate. And all of a sudden he's just a guy and now he's gone. Uh, earlier in the week, uh, Kyrie Irving finally getting out of uh, off the Nets roster into Dallas, um, averaging 27 points per game. But you know, was it worth the headache? I mean, quite. I mean, really, it it was just it seemed like it was a monthly headline with Kyrie. Yeah, he's definitely a guy who's he's polarizing figure, um, and, and he's he said some things that are bizarre um, if you look back, but. The, the reason that he gets a shot, I always look at it, I'm going to pull this from a different perspective. 
because he's really good at basketball, he gets away with saying things that other guys can't get away with saying. And, and that's just fact. Look at uh, Myers Leonard from, you know, Illinois grad Myers Leonard. Doesn't have, really has to fight, scratch, claw to get a second chance. Kyrie just gets a different team to give him a max contract as we go through this because he's really talented. Now, can he work with Luca? I don't know, but man, it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> so he even and, and and Kyrie even pulled down his apology tweet, and when he did that, um, uh, and then said he stands by what he said, but he took it down and. Of course, Myers Leonard has been in purgatory, um, you know, outside looking in on the league since he had his issues. I'm not, you know, trying to judge either guy, but boy, that you're right that the, the difference was the, the night and day. The other thing I think is really interesting is he's proven that he can play with a big dog like LeBron. But I don't know, Brad. Do you think Luca? will have that same respect in the eyes of Kyrie that 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 Kyrie will be able to play with Luca in the same type of situation. I think that's why we'll all be watching. Well, they're they're starting a new game. They're going to play with two basketballs. I think that's the way to go. <laughs> I think it works better than it's a new new fancy game that they're trying Mark Cuban's working on. But no, but now we're, here's where here's where I do think he helps Dallas. Luca can rest. And you have a guy who can facilitate and create when Lucas is in it. I think that Dallas goes, they have the biggest drop off when Luca from, from like when Luca's on the floor offensively versus when he's off, off the floor. And so that allows him to maybe, and maybe rest a little more as they not get worn down as much. But, you know, and so if that happens, then it was probably a good, a good thing for them. And maybe it'll help them push past. I, I don't know where Dallas falls in the Western Conference. Where does the, where do the Lakers fall now? But it seems like a lot of these teams that are on the bubble here in the are making these moves. The teams at the top are kind of just sitting there and saying, "Ah, we're we're good." And I don't know if they are. You know, is Denver good enough? Is you know, how's that going to work out? So we'll see. Interesting uh, debate, no question. And then there's the UConn women making uh, some dubious history this week: back-to-back losses for the first time in thirty years 1993 the last time they lost consecutive games i don't care what sport you're in that's unbelievable that's incredible do you remember uh johnny dangerously my mother said that to me once once, <laughs> once. that's a yukon <laughs> lost once once that's it so no it's it's really impressive uh what that streak with gino and there are they are a puddle of they are a mess right now without their guards you know az fudd and um page beckers two of the top guards in the country not playing uh due to knee injuries and fudd has a chance to come back for them so the you know and what they did lose undefeated south carolina but the fact that you can do that for 30 years is really astonishing i I don't remember anything like that, you know, except for, you know, maybe UCLA streak back in back when Wooden was at UCLA. So something like that. I Maybe they had something, but it, it's really amazing. Yeah, especially in today's world of parity, you know, when when these other everybody is able to kind of access the transfer portal now, recruiting with NIL is a little bit more diverse. Um, it, it's amazing what they've done. And I guess it proves as great as Gino is. You still got to have the players to be considered a great coach, and and uh, you know every great coach has that great player that is kind of remembered with them, or great players 
And we're seeing right now that that you can't do it without having both together. Yeah, we've talked about Ohio State football and Ryan Day losing consecutive games, the Buckeyes in the season. Uh, like Ohio State football, UConn women's basketball now says, gee, now what do we do? <laughs> Fire Gino. Fire Gino. That's right. <laughs> hey, we are out of time, but as always, great to uh, spend this time with you. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. And as always, we'll see you right back here, same time, same station next week. Enjoy. ILL. I and I. This I has been I. a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.